Welcome, 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 podcast listeners. It is episode number 254. It would help if my fingers were 254 of the Fret Talk podcast. You are here joined by your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are joined by Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Yes, he did the thing. You are joined by, oh my gosh, it's Josh. Yo, yo, yo. You're also joined by the one, the only, it's only Ollie Bloody Miles of Ollie Miles Music, eh, it? All right, Bab. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm all right. Oh, there is the special reason for... I'm Brummies, aren't I? (laughs) That's it, yeah. It's like a Brummie sandwich. You're outnumbered. In fact, it's more like a Brummie Mac, isn't it? Because you've got, like, three pieces of Brummie bread. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a there's a very special <laughs> there's a special reason for Ollie being on this week, and that is because he accompanied me to the effects bow. I know that last week we said it would be Josh. I was gonna but, say at least like give them the backstory. Yeah, I well. mean we've got we've got to go into the backstory. <laughs> I mean, like Matt was already out of the question because he lives so far away, but both Matt and Josh have got the exact same excuse this week. So let's go for it, boys. What happens? I'm positive. I'm also positive. Of COVID. Lots of <laughs> HIV already. Yeah, so well, don't, make, actually, don't make the joke. Awful Te- as of today, I am negative again. But Woo. for an indeterminate amount of time, the LFTs don't tell you because I got symptoms way before I tested with the, the plus sign instead of the minus. What? 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 The plus sign? What? Yeah, instead of I got three negative lateral flows with symptoms before I got a positive lateral flow, so I Funny think that I, I was the same. I had done mine twice, and I was like, I'm still saying negative, and then the next day I was positive, and I was like, eh? yeah, yeah, I have I'd, literally been I'd, nowhere since. I was I was coughing and sneezing, so I I did a test on either Monday night or Tuesday morning. It was fine, so I went into work, kept going into work. Thursday morning, I was like, no, I'm feeling really rough, so I'm going to do another one. It was fine, so I went into work. Came home from work at lunchtime because I wasn't fine anymore. I was just like, I feel like death. And then on the Saturday, my missus comes in and goes, oh, I, was, I, was with, I, was, I was just messaging so-and-so, and they've tested positive, so I've tested, and I've got it. And I was like, oh, fine, I'll do another one. But I've done two, and like nothing has... I've, I still feel as rough as I did five days ago when I did my first one. Yeah. And then, yeah, finally finally got the second line. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. So mess is working. I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, when I was in, I might have had COVID even though I didn't... Te- I was testing and it wasn't showing up as COVID. So yeah. good luck with that, guys. Got yeah. a, an instant yeah. response. Of, I've just All you guys it. deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your problem now. Yeah. An issue, not an issue, me. Yeah. yeah, cue the chiff of Austin Powers trying to reverse the thing in the, uh, in the yeah. tunnel. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, but I, as of about four o'clock this afternoon, I am testing negative again, so I can go out into society wait, wait, wait. and wreak havoc. I mean, that's again. that's not a bonus, is it? Being able to rejoin society. No, but I do have out, a gig Matt. on Friday and on Saturday, so it would have been really inconvenient if I was. That's it. You can't really work from home in that situation, can you? I could sit in the car with a wireless system. 
I mean, modern modern problems require modern solutions. Well, what they do is if you've got a gig with like you know, there's sometimes like instead of having like the banner behind, you've got like a projector, just got you on a Zoom call going, "Hold on, <laughs> can you hear me?" <laughs> yeah, like fucking twenty fucking twenty beats behind. <laughs> you could hire one of those like inflatable Zorb balls and just have you stood at the side of the stage. <laughs> I'd, go, I'd, I'd fly out just to see that. That would be pretty fucking awesome. I, I, I'm not I, I, would act, I would actually fly out to see that as well. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. All right, well, that's 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 the plan for next time I test positive. <laughs> there you go. Get myself a Zorb ball. Or, oh. alternatively, you do the snip, the slip, not old, play behind a curtain. Yes, yeah. I mean, well, Obviously, th- instead of religious reasons, it's because I'm infectious rather than religious. Uh, but aren't they one and the same? <laughs> I mean, I was I was going to say it, but decided not to. <laughs> then you did. <laughs> so how was the Effectspo? Oh, Effectspo was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it was cool. It was really uh, cool. I I'm putting it out there saying best uh, best pedal based Effectspo I've been to all year. Yeah, best show I've been to this year. <laughs> no, I'm gonna uh, like it is. I think it, it trumped the uh, the Birmingham one, to be honest. And I really, really like the Birmingham show. Um, but the one drawback of the Birmingham show is that by about two hours in, your head is throbbing and you don't know why. And that doesn't stop for the next two days. Um, so there was none of that because it was all headphone-based, um, which also, fantastic, it meant that you could talk to the um the pedal manufacturers the, like the pedal builders <laughs> and you weren't having to shout as if you were in like a busy train station <laughs> what what Tra- transistor what no it was it was much much better so you could have these like proper meaningful conversations with the with the builders whilst other people were like fully jamming out with their pedals yeah, I can't. I can't remember who said it, but um, one one of the guys we spoke to, I think, summed it up perfectly. It was like it doesn't feel like a trade show like every other show. Yeah. Um. It yeah. it felt like a community because everyone cared. Yeah. Everyone everyone gave a damn about you know like I, you'd see like, uh, Stuart from from Tate Effects, mm. like the amount of times you'd turn around, his stand was empty, and then you'd find him. On the other side, yeah, yeah room, just, like, just checking out someone else's pedals. Like, yeah, that's walking about and trying people's stuff. It was it was almost like a craft show. Yeah, like than a than a trade show. It was really it was a really cool atmosphere. I think that was our chap from NRG, weren't it? Um, maybe I can't. I honestly can't remember. I, I'm going to give a like a real big shout out to uh to NRG because they had the best setup. Like, yes, there were loads of people had like. A guitar and headphones that you could could play through. He had three sets of headphones, loop like hooked up to like this mixing desk kind of thing, so three different people could hear simultaneously what was going on. And he had a microphone that was hooked up to it, so that whilst you were playing, you could also hear him talking. So he could explain what the pedals were because every other every other stand you were stood at, you would have to have like yeah, you do one this headphone off, <laughs> so they could say, oh, well, this has got this kind of and. He- with him, it was like, oh no, you can actually play, and you can hear him tell you, and he'll like be playing with the pedal. So, oh yeah, check this out where it does this, and you can actually hear him saying what it is that he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Like he said that he he decided to do that because 
there's quite a few people at, at shows that are too shy to play in front of people. And even though it's yeah. still through headphones, you'd still get that, oh, do you, do you want to come over and try these pedals? And then go, no, I'm all right, thank you. There was, that, um, <laughs> there was the guy, I can't, I, I can't, we, he did say his name, I can't remember what it was. We saw him a few times, spoke to him for a bit when we first went over to NRG. Yeah. He stood, I, I played, and he, it was you and him both had headphones on as well. Yeah. Um, and he couldn't play because he was left-handed. Yes, no left-handed yeah, guitar yeah. there. Oh, the guy from um, Guitars and Gear, I think he's. I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll find out. I've got him on Instagram. Yeah, it was. It was like he stood there listening because there was no left-handed guitar, so he couldn't try the pedals out himself. So he's listening to me play. Turn it upside down and play it inverted, like, like Hendrix did, like Eric Gales. Just, I mean, yeah. Or yeah. alternatively, don't be left-handed. Just be as good as Eric Gales. It's not <laughs> that hard. Come on. Fine. What, are you, what are you playing at? <laughs> Apart from uh, there, we go. Gigs and guitar. Cool. Gigs and guitars. Give him a shout out because we saw him a few times. Yeah. Um, and absolute dude. Yeah, yeah. So there was the whole kind of silent headphone setup was really, really cool. Um, we did. Uh, we did quite a few little interviews across the day and we've released a few as of this point in time by the time that this podcast is out fingers crossed they will all be out so we've got interviews with uh vein tap pedals we've got ritual devices we've got tate effects they're already out for uh, at this moment we should have coming out xander effects energy effects Fuck, who else? Ollie, who did we interview? Damn it. Uh, we <laughs> NRG, did, we interviewed NRG. NRG. Yeah, yeah, we did NRG. There's one more as well. Oh. Or is uh, that... Joe's pedal. We did, did we? No, we didn't interview No, we pedals, didn't. Did we? we didn't. We ran out of time, unfortunately. Uh, I think that's it. You know, I think I think those were it. Uh, yeah, I don't think we interviewed the others. There were, there were a couple of others. I think we just ran out of time. We did. Uh, Visual pedal should do a pedal based on the sound of ghost because they've got a song called Ritual and it would be the perfect marketing opportunity. Yes. Yeah, I heard you like rituals. So you can ritual while you ritual and exhibit. Use a ritual pedal while whilst you, play you ritual. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exhibit whilst you pimp my ride. <laughs> like classic days of memes. I love I love those. So yeah, so we'll we'll have a chat about a few of the stuff from uh, from those guys. So we started off with Vain Tap, I think was the first uh, first interview we did, and Handstone. Uh, yeah, they were the nicest guys. Han- yeah, Handstone, just the chillest guys we we met there. And I feel like if we hadn't brought up the pedals, we probably could have stood and talked to them about everything else yeah. other than what they were there for. Yeah, the two two guys are absolute gents, weren't they? Um, and yeah, like the the one chap, the guy who run the company, agreed with me on strats. So instantly we became best friends, like <laughs> like stepbrothers. We were yeah. instantly instantly best friends. Um, yeah, no, they were they were really cool. And the the other chap had uh, Adrian Smith Jackson. Yes, which. And you two had a little tug over Queen as well, didn't you? So. <laughs> we, did, we did. We had a little moment. We were trying to remember a Queen song that's got descending uh, chromatic runs in it because I was like, that is one of the best Queen songs. 
And then we we all like all four of us were like searching through our phone. Is it Bohemian Rhapsody? No, it's not. It's no. not descending chromatic runs, is it? No, it was Invisible Man. Um, okay. Yeah, I knew it was on um, Queen Greatest Hits Volume Two, and I was just like, "That is like we're we're talking about how Brian May you kind of sometimes underestimate him because he's not always showing off." You go, "Yeah, he was all right, but he's not he's not the greatest guitarist." Ah, fuck off! And fuck then off. he starts. <laughs> then he starts playing these chromatic runs, but it's because he, say. it's because he's so. <laughs> understated like some of the stuff that he plays is just it's so exactly you're criticizing him for being tasteful yeah, or you're yeah forgetting but, about him because he's tasteful but it's it's exactly that like the the fact that you overlook it because he's he's not in like, your face yeah he's he, he does exactly what Unless the song needs and, and nothing yeah. more rather yeah. than look a bit like dave gilmore you go yeah like he can play guitar but he's not he's not the most virtuosic but then it's it's all like it's all in in place of the melody. It's all there just to support the song, yeah. and it's it's actually it's like a higher level of musicianship rather than here's my ego, watch yeah, me it, wank, it, stroke my the, ego. Yeah, I was gonna say that those two are literally. If you ask me for like the best guitarists in terms of music, not in terms of their ability to play guitar, those would be the two I pick because like they are perfect at fitting in the right place in the song. And for other bits, they won't even bother playing the guitar. They'll yeah. just clap their hands or they'll just fucking wait for the music to need them. Like, yeah. Whereas there's a lot of guitarists out there and the, the kind of guys that Lee loves, the John, not John Petrucci, what's the, what's the guy with the handle in his guitar? Sa- Joe Satriani. Oh, Vi. Him and, and Vi. And they've just got to make noise all of the time and it has to be all of the noise. And <laughs> Yngwie Malmsteen is another one and it's got to be oh, all, of the, all, all lo- of the time. I love Yngwie. I can't I stand that blow. I love Yngwie. Those guys might be technically gifted, but they yeah. are not good musicians. Mm. They are good guitarists. They yeah, are this... horrific musicians. Music, music is about the space in between the notes, and those oh. guys don't know what that means. They, they listen don't put to, space to Passion and Warfare? I don't know what that is. Uh, that's Steve, Steve Vai's kind of iconic album, isn't okay. it? Yeah. Is there any space in it? There is. Whittly, no, is there, there is. is. No, it's a, that, to be fair, it's a fantastic album. Okay. Mm. Well, they, may, fantastic maybe can... is pushing it. Fantastic but, is pushing it. Like it what is an you album. Get is one of those in a band deciding not to play until the last eighteen bar outro because the yeah. guitar wasn't needed until then. And Whereas you you get you get Pink Floyd songs where like there's six minutes before Gilmore picks the guitar up. Even you those get are normally get my favourite six song. minutes of a Pink Floyd song. To be fair, uh, yeah. <laughs> you get Queen songs as well. Like you, yeah. you'll start like Queen song. You've got like songs like "Will We Will Rock You," where there's no guitar until the last thirty seconds, and then you've got songs like "I Want It All," where it's just fucking yeah, in- entirely lead guitar ripped. smashed yeah. in your face, and then just pans down to you want it all, like, you got it all. Song. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's like yeah, they they know how to write good music. But it, it's like, like what we were saying. It's easy to forget about how good these guitarists are because it's not always in yeah, your face. Because they're not always they're not in your face all of the time. Uh, and and like I brought up the, that song, I was like, yeah, th- this kind of really demonstrates the fact that Brian May can absolutely rip it a new asshole when he wants to, because he was yeah. doing these like descending sixteenth chromatic notes, and it's just like. It's just a standard song. That, again, it's it's one where the guitar doesn't feature massively prominently, and then just 
they all have their moment to do a little bit of showing off. And he's like, Brian May, Brian May. And then it's just, yeah, rip the fucking solo. Uh, and it's amazing. Just for like maybe maybe like 12 bars. It's not even really long. It's just it's just good. But yeah, like the, so the Veintap guys were absolutely excellent people. And we, we just had a blast talking to them. Yeah, they were uh, really cool. And like the the lineup of pedals, considering that I'd I'd not heard of them before, they've got an absolutely massive lineup of pedals. Like one of the most comprehensive um sets of pedals that were there. Cause there was there were a lot of companies that had maybe like six, seven, eight pedals. These guys had like a full table of just all different pedals. Yeah. Uh, so there, there were a couple of repeats. So there were like a couple of takes on the tube screen and there was an, there was an 808 and then there was a TS9 with clipping options. And there were like variations on fuzz faces with staff controls and all of this. So there's, it's, it's kind of like wetting your feet in the, uh, in the, the, the swimming pool of boutique. Yeah, and there was a there was a couple of points when we were talking to them as well. I don't think it was when we were doing the interview, but I think it was just like when we were generally just chatting to him. You could almost hear him. You could almost hear him thinking about the next revisions of the pedals. Yeah, yeah. So he he was saying stuff, and he's like, "Oh, that's a good idea. I might have to give that a go." And maybe oh, you could almost you could almost hear him having like little epiphanies as you were talking about what you'd already got. Yeah, the the two most recent pedals kind of point towards the next evolution of the vein tap series which was so you had the dark arts phaser yeah which, which was like a i think it was like a five knob phaser with like multiple different like waveform options for your phaser then there was like mixes and blends and all of this and like um like different parameters for the phaser so you like a really in depth get the phase tone you want and then the dark oh what was it called dark times delay which was like an, uh yeah an analog I fair i like that delay that was a cool yeah, delay yeah like in and of itself it sounded pretty cool it had like a little bit of a uh like a gritty lo-fi edge to it but it was like an all analog delay like a delay chip and the one that had the loop as well wasn't it yeah it had so it it has like an effects loop so you can affect just the the repeated notes so all these pedals that you get like with these presets, like the like the flashback and stuff like that, where you've got like modulated, you've got like flanged repeats, you've got like bit crush repeats and stuff. This this is like a boutique company that allows you to do that, but with whatever pedal you want. So you could like put your favorite fuzz pedal on your repeats. You could, you could yeah you could have a perfectly clean guitar but have distorted fuzzy repeats, which would be absolutely mental. But there's, for someone that is the sound that they want. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like that's going to be uh, the future of vein tap stuff is like really looking into these uh, like infinitely craftable pedals. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next. Yeah, me too. Got some really cool stuff coming. Yeah, yeah, and and the um the oh, what was it called the Saint Blues the like the their mini tube screamer sounded awesome. <laughs> I really liked it. I think they voiced it really well. Yeah. Um. But like my my pick of that lot was the phaser because I am a massive phase fan, <laughs> and 
it did this like when I had a quick play about with it, the, it did like a whoa 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 kind of phase. The, the how did it go? Sorry, you heard you heard me, Mister <laughs> Miles. Uh, so that that was vain tap ritual devices, um, potentially the most beautiful pedals we had seen at the at the show. So the uh, the the way that he set up his board was like from like standard pedals all the way through to mental crazy pedals. So you started off with like um, the Wainwright treble booster, which was like treble booster with a few different yeah, was- like cap options. It was like wasn't it like a really high gain treble boost basically? Yeah, like he used high gain, um, like a high gain transistor for it, but it had like your standard nasal EQ treble boost, and then you had like a full range one in case you didn't like the way that treble boosts make your tone honk. And then there was like a kind of blues dad overdrive. Then there was like a harmonic percolator fuzz. Then it went through to the uh oh what was it called the grimalkin yeah that's when that's when it started getting really good yeah the grimalkin uh so it was that was the one with the octave up and octave down in it weren't it i think i, I'm, I honestly i'm gonna have to have a double check because i think so there were there were two pedals uh that were absolutely mental i'm gonna i'm gonna go through i think the grimalkin was the octave up yeah multi multi first pedal so basically, um, along, uh, and he'll get offended if he hears me saying this, but like along the lines of the blue box, where you've yeah. got like a synthy style fuzz with the octaves as well, but it's refined in a way that doesn't make it sound shit like the blue box. Yes, I said it, Lee. Damn it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, you said the truth. Yes, and the truth will Oof. get you through. So it is well, all—it's all analog. Uh, you've got. Out there. Uh, so you, was it? It's the voice control, isn't it? In the middle, sorry, the howl control, uh, which basically, all all the way to the left, you've got like a standard sounding kind of synthy sounding fuzz, and then the more that you add with that, the more that you add these two octaves, you've got an upper octave and a lower octave that are both analog basically fighting each other because they're trying to do the same thing but they're like cancelling each other out so you get this weird like glitchy between them yeah no it was it was there was some we we played so many pedals that day like i struggled to remember exactly what was on what yeah i I remember having a lot of fun at that stand yes uh and the the evil was was particularly notable it's basically like the the front end of a, a big muff, the arse end of a big muff, the middle section. EQ. Yeah, the middle section of the EQ is, it's got like a a, a control for the mids so you can add the, those back in. But it also runs the entire pedal through eight clipping diodes. So to put that into context, usually like a tube screamer I think has got three clipping diodes. So you've got like two on the one side and one on the other. Um, you're probably talking four is your 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 maximum usually. He's oh, pushing great. it through eight, <laughs> so it's just compl- just to make sure that there's none of your original signal left, just yeah. in case them accidentally sl- like yeah. snuck its way through. Just to make yeah. sure, yeah. <laughs> and I think 
by by that point in the pedal board, um, the man from Ritual Devices, who happened to be called Wub, um, he it, yeah, fan just, of dubstep. just fantastic. I think he probably invented dubstep. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to fact check it. You, you, look, yeah. I'm I'm absolutely someone running update, with it. Um, someone update Wikipedia now. Yeah. Um, so his whole. Like mo by that point is that your your clean tone is bad and you should feel bad about it. So, whatever you can do to not have that tone, it it will it will do. Uh, and then yeah. we've got some. There was the uh, vibrato kind of optical trem kind of thing, weren't there? Yeah, can't remember what that was called. But then and then there's another one that's coming out soon, which was probably my favorite my favourite modulation pedal that we played through because it just did everything and was kind of dirty at the same time. Yeah, it's very much following that that fuck your clean tone um, kind of thought process, wasn't it? Yeah. What effect would you like to put on this? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I would like to affect this signal. Yes, I would like to put effect on this, please. Um, so, I mean, it's usually stuff that I'm, I wouldn't necessarily be all that into because being Blue's dad... And wanting basically just tube screamers and occasionally a blues driver. Um, but there's there's a certain sweet spot with like really fucked up fuzz that I sit and I, it just makes me smile. It reminds me of when I was like fifteen and I'd just started playing guitar and I'd whack up all of the gain on my like little shitty transistor amp, <laughs> go on the bridge pickup and whack everything up to ten and just be like, yes, this is the tone. And it reminds it's me where all of the tones live. Yeah, it reminds me of that. Like a, of a refined version of that. Like what my what my brain remembers my tone was like, not what my actual tone was like. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two very different sounds. Yeah. Yeah. So like ritual devices very much encapsulate the the rose tinted memories of my guitar tone from back in the day. Hey. So right on, Wub. Right on. And again, like absolutely, just massive gentleman, such such a kind fella. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Good chap. Uh, we obviously well, had, we had to chat with uh, we had to chat with Xander, Mister Alex from Xander Effects. Yeah. Um, he was, as you could believe, quite busy on that day, trying to run his own stand, <laughs> run the desk as well with his wife, and like go around and make sure everyone was okay and everything was all sorted. So he was he was a man wearing lots of hats on that day. Many um, hats. Many, many hats. Did you try and take one of the hats? N- we didn't, but no. Ollie, um Ollie had a bit of an epiphany. Whilst Yeah, I I, I might have bought one of his pedals. <laughs> you, you did. <laughs> so he, yeah. like he had a, much like much like Wub set up, he had like kindest pedal going all the way to filthiest was a bass preamp yeah you look bass preamp filthiest filthiest fuck machine basically <laughs> um and it just went like dirtier and dirtier and dirtier yeah somewhere did you pick from the the dirty end or the cleaner end oh, i'd say it was about two thirds up the dirty end <laughs> yeah i mean that if that's if that is not a podcast fucking title <laughs> I mean, I couldn't not say it. Um, yeah, no, I bought the. Was it called the Terra Firma? It was the Terra Firma, yeah. Which 
kind of reminded me of I mean we it was into a Vox type preamp that was a little bit dirty anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of crunching already when Yeah. It... Um it kind of gave me that slightly broken Queens of the Stone Age kind of vibe but slightly more controlled and a bit more girth to it. Yeah, it's it's like with the Xander stuff, you get ultimate control over all of the parameters. Yeah. So with with that kind of because the Queens of the Stone Age stuff is like old shitty PV practice amps being kicked completely kicked in, isn't it? Yeah, until they until they break. Uh, and it's basically like allowing you to dial that into whatever amp you want, but actually in a controlled environment where you can actually make it sound good without loads of EQ and it just it so, something about it worked, and I really like the way the switching on his pedals work as well. I feel like you saw my mind unravel when he explained the switching to me because I loved it. Yeah, I, I I saw the kind of the glint in your eye, which was like, shit, man, this is this is something else. So you've yeah. got with the switching, you've got two different options. It, it does momentary if you kind of stand on the switch, a bit like the um the Spark Mini, the TC yeah. Spark Mini. So you can stand on it for a momentary um, bypass. Or you can do a quick switch for for like latching, but then you've also got with with most of the um, the Xander drive pedals, you've got two modes. Yeah, there's a, there's a there's the second one. So the right foot switch is just the standard one, which just turns the pedal on, and then he's got uh, it's called blast. Um, so you've got the blast foot switch, which works the same. So if you hold that down, you've got the pedal engaged. It'll just switch to the blast side. And then when you let go, it will go back, or you can latch it yeah um essentially if i've got this right from what he how he explained it it essentially bypasses the gain knob and just assumes the gain set on 10 like that <laughs> was it that fender vaporizer we compared it to yeah, yeah. Um, um so it just bypasses the gain knob and sets <laughs> it to 10 and the there's just basically one knob and that's the volume control so it's almost like a boost volume and your gain just gets a kick kick up the so back not, side. not quite the vaporizer then because the vaporizer bypassed everything, everything. And just yeah, yeah but it was under that same thing it was like oh you this control yeah you don't need that anymore um yeah it ran, the weird it ran... thing about the vaporizer though was the va- one of the controls on the vaporizer was reverb which meant if you click the button the reverb went to 10 as well as the <laughs> volume and the tone and i tried it once with my vaporizer and i didn't get when you'd ever want all of the, <laughs> the, all all of of the, the game, game and, and all of the reverb and all of the reverb at the same yeah, time no. oh, but, oh, mate. Uh, there was something like hitting that so i think i had it set on the terra firma when when we were messing around with that i think i had the gain set to basically off in the standard setting yeah and it was quite happily riffing away and then you hit that blast switch and start playing lead and it was like yeah this is this is cool and then i went back and bought one yeah so <laughs> like we went through and you went yeah that 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 was my favorite pedal of the show already that's yeah and i was like cool 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 like we'll go around we'll, we'll do some more stuff we'll have another a look around and see what's going on and, and then, like, no, I'm just going back there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We like we were like at the end of the day, we were recording the interviews, and Ollie was like, "Can we go up to Zander?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll do, we'll do the interview <laughs> with Zander." He's like, "No, I want to, I want to buy it. I want to buy the pedal." Yeah, I need to buy that pedal. <laughs> I was like, "We'll do both." <laughs> to be fair, he did, he did, he did nice, like 
gave me a bit of money off as well. Yeah, yeah, I think there was uh, it, like he was doing a few uh, like show discounts, weren't they? So yeah, I got a show discount. So that was that was all all good. I got to yeah. try the um, the cafetiere as well, which again was a um, harmonic percolator style fuzz, which seems to be a trend at the moment. That's uh, everyone seems to be doing one of those. Yeah, I mean the like the guitar nerds used to talk about that. That there was a little wave of those back in about. 2010, I think, something along those lines. I don't think it was quite that long ago. I think it was yeah. like 2016, but yeah, possibly, yeah, possibly, mate. Yeah, it seems to be, it that seems was to be that was the one with the sliders on the original, wasn't it? It was, instead yeah. Of, in, instead of proper pots, it was two slidey things, yeah. Yeah, and I've always wanted to try one, and I knew that, like, if I wanted to, uh, wanted to play one, the Xander effects one is one that will be good, uh, and I played that, and I loved that. Again, it was just this this horrible, like glitchy, nasty fuzz, and it was very good. Your man from Ritual had one of those. He did. I didn't. I didn't try that one. I, I didn't try. Yeah, because that's the um, fuck me. What was that called? It's oh Harma. Yeah, for harmonic percolator. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's fair. I don't think we tried any of the little pedals from. No, we went straight to the fucking. We just, we just you went straight ones, for the yeah. big ones that did weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we went, okay, these ones look cool. Yeah, I know what a trouble booster sounds like. We can skip that. Can we do <laughs> yeah. the one that has about 16 knobs on it and we don't know what any of them do? Yeah, I want I want the one that's called literally fucking called Evil. Like, yeah. give me that one. Let me yeah, play that, that one. one. Um, and he quite happily applies. So, like, the yes. Xander stuff, as always, very classy and yeah. just massive, massive hats off to, um, to our man, to Alex, because... That's pretty fucking legendary to pull off um, an entire effects pedal expo. Um, and it, it would be like it was scheduled for like 2019 and then obviously the world shut down. And then he tried to schedule it again and again. And it kept had to be like shut down because like the worlds just weren't open. Uh, and it was a bit of a risk doing it now as well because it was like we are out of lockdown, like. It's been there's been a bit of time since everyone's kind of stopped caring about COVID, but you've still got people out there who are quite skeptical. So there was a bit of uncertainty, yeah. but he thought, you know what, if we don't do it now, we're never going to do it, and it really was the right thing. Do you know if there's a plan for another one? I hope so. There's not been any announcements yet, but there's been such good feedback from. Uh, like all of the people that I spoke to, uh, like the punters and all of the um, the people uh, exhibiting as well, there was a massive, massive vibe about it. So, fingers yeah, crossed. Everyone loved it. Fingers crossed. It will. It will happen. Um. So yeah, that that was just fucking awesome. Um. I think we we might have a have another little chat about fxbo stuff at the end because we've got another few interviews but we have got some uh, some other things to do we've got some hot takes that we need to go through this week some yeah we've got yeah we've, we've got a little bit of that i've also got some personal news which i i feel i need to get off my chest i think you're finally coming out have you tested positive for something else? <laughs> positive for hairy man love, by the sounds of it, Josh. No, um, 
it's some, <laughs> so, something amplifier related, but we will talk about that a little bit later because now is the time for Josh. Oh my gosh, it is Josh. You're going to tell us, you're going to take us through the hot take because we've we already wrapped up the hot take from last week. So we've got all of that housekeeping's done. This is straight onto hot take this week. What are we saying? So I have come to the <laughs> that was conclusion. Quick. Yes. <laughs> See, is that. That is literally the um, funny thing. That's not the first time I've heard that. Sorry, I've I've completely ruined your train of thought there. That's fine. Um, So this kind of hot take comes in two parts. That's what she said. Um, Rare gear doesn't necessarily, like, it could be an amp, it can be guitar, whatever. Just because it's rare doesn't necessarily mean it should be more expensive. And secondly, just because it's rare, doesn't necessarily mean it's any better. Okay. Right. And I am kind of, what brought me to this point was I was scanning for reverb and I saw um, a guitar that came out that was, an, uh, used to be built in about 2008, 2007, Korean factory made, you know, um, yeah. And brand new, they were 900 to a £1,000, maybe a little bit over that, depending, you know, from what I can remember vaguely. Yeah. And then there was one now for sale on Reverb, £3,100, because it was discontinued and rare. And I'm not being funny, but it's still a factory-made guitar in Korea. It doesn't necessarily, it's not, like, just because it's rare doesn't mean the guitar is any better. You can buy the exact same spec. Yeah, the the same model, now. but without the, the finish kind of... Yeah. Um, you know, it was an older body construction. It had EMGs. It had the Floyd Rose. Like, you you know, there you, are... You could pick one of those out. up for days, yeah. And, and yeah. 700 quid, like a Korean one. Well, probably more like 900 these days, but... Yeah. Um, so why on earth... Just because it's rare, is it £3,000 worth? Can, can I jump in here? You can. Um, so my partner is uh, somebody who's got a, an art degree. She did She did a, a degree in fine art. Um, and I'm going to draw some analogies with the fine artwork. And I'm going to start with a sculpture by a guy called Piero Mazzoni, who was an Itali- Italian artist in 1961. And he shit in some cans, and I'm not even joking. He put 30 grams of his own feces in some cans and sealed it. I see. He did this 90 times and then yeah. sold them. The most recent one that sold went went for 1.7 million US dollars. I, I was I was worried when you started talking about fine arts that this was going to go <laughs> seriously high, bro. But thank you, Matt. Thank you. You've bought it. Straight back to fret talk. <laughs> so, what I'm saying <laughs> is, Shit. I could put 30 grams of human feces in a can and seal it. Yes. And it would be the same as this, but my shit wouldn't go for £1.7 million like this guy's is. So, it's not about the fact that, you know, we could it, get yeah, the same repeatable. type of guitar from the same place, manufactured in the same way. It's about the fact that you can't get that specific shit yeah those people have decided that this man's shit is worth money 
uh, because he was famous. And it's the the entire artwork. If you if you Google people like Rothko, who's a really famous artist, and his works go for millions and millions of pounds, and they're generally one or two rectangles on a piece of canvas. It's a it's a bit like we were talking about the the clon at the show. Yeah, we were. We, we were saying we were saying about the guy who builds the clon occasionally builds and like a he would go through phase where he'd build like ten. Yeah, like original specs. All, yeah. Original spec, he built 10 of them and they stick them, up, stick them up on eBay. You wouldn't stick them up at uh, a designated price. He just. Yeah, put like a minimum 99p. Start, start like... the bidding at 99p and then just let eBay decide how much they were worth. Yeah, and, and the and people that's... decide, don't they? The people decide. And that's the way it is. And like the art world is kind of the extreme of it because, you know, you get this stuff that like a child could do that you know, looks absolutely stupid and it's just some guy has basically put some paint in his mouth and drooled on his fucking piece of canvas and people will throw millions of pounds at it because it's got a name on it. So it's, it doesn't matter whether the thing is good, even, it doesn't even, it, it's not about, I mean, the artist's shit sculpture kind of proves that. It, I mean, he calls it a sculpture, it's a shit in a tin, but whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> The, the I'm sorry, but the name of this not... podcast now needs to be <laughs> shit in the tin. <laughs> but the, the value is not in the actual thing itself. It's in, it's in the, perception, the isn't consensus it? and the perception of the people yeah. who think that it should be valuable because it's a piece of art. And art, this is what I hate about art. Like, I, I'm not a fine art person at all because I think if you're going to own something that you want to hang on a wall, you should want to look at it. Yeah. And most really good, really sorry, not really good, really, really famous artworks are generally terrible. Like some of the most expensive pieces of art in the world are just like some different colours blobbed on a, a, a canvas, or like, like I say, Rothko painted some rectangles and sells it for millions. And like some, some of them, yes, there are some like really fancy paintings that look quite good, but there's also fucking just nonsense that people have decided that oh, this guy was good and and therefore everybody wants this guy and even though you can replicate 99% of what happens yeah. someone will test a piece of paint and go well actually this wasn't Rothko this was painted with some paint in the 1990s instead of the 1960s therefore even though it looks identical it's worth 40 quid as opposed to 18 million pounds and it's just nonsense but that's 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 exactly what you go back to this guitar just because it's made in Korea and you like you can get a similar spec from the same place now because somebody at some point has decided that this is the price and one person paid that other people will jump on it and decide like the 59 spec Les Paul is kind of what everyone says oh you know yeah, the, the 59 holy grail is, is, it's the holy grail model but like 80% of them are fucking terrible though because the quality control just wasn't there in the in their 50s so like most of them play like absolute fucking dog crap and they literally sit in a safe and accrue yeah. value because 59 is the year. There's like three or four of them that people actually think are great guitars. But then but that, the yeah, Kirk like, owns one of them. Like. Yeah. But then that also, you know, that comes onto the part that he doesn't necessarily make it any better at the same time. Yeah, should yeah, it be worth it? Is I think that was sec- the... that second point is that, like, I, I definitely agree with you that just because it is, like, this coveted thing and just because you've spent so much money on it doesn't make it a good good item. I think, I think I'm absolutely with you there. But I think there's a lot of people that would disagree with you that 
that it is good, regardless of whether it is a fantastic guitar or not. It's yeah. good because Mo- it's this unique thing, and I hate that. But Money there talks, are doesn't it? People, yeah. Yeah. I have. There I, think, out there. I have noted down. Like, I, I guess I could kind of describe it. Would it would be like you know you get um. In turn, I'll get this. Cut. Hopefully, this will be the right metaphor. But you know, you've got your bumper Argos value guitar. It's <laughs> you know, it's it's shit quality. So and you know, the value is pretty shit as well when you think about it. Yeah, and like the more low you, cost, uh, low low yeah. actual quality. So we're talking yeah. like so kind of Walmart. Obviously, yeah, and then obviously there's that's you know that's that steady increment of yeah. where the the value goes up and then the quality also you know kind of goes up with it in like a you know you would say like a horizontal chart sort of thing. Well, it's it exponential, gets... isn't it? Like the more yeah. the more you pay, the the more the quality like the the more quality control is, isn't it? But then like, it's, it kind of it levels but off. Then and... it, it... Yeah, it levels off because it can't just keep going and going and going. Like, okay, yes, Kirk Hammett paid, was it two and a half million for Greeny or something like that? But I think he's ever actually disclaimed how much he'd spent on it. And I think every time anyone's asked him, he's like, been like, no, I'm not saying. Yeah, Yeah, because I'm. I believe he's selling it at the moment. Is he? Uh, I I mean, yeah, I've read on the internet. Oh, then it was selling it to someone who'll actually play it properly. Are we going to team together, guys? Are we going to. We're all going to chip in, see what we can see what we can offer. I mean, I've got a few packets of Quavers. I've got half a can of Pepsi Max. There we go. We're off to a strong bid already. One used Vicks nasal inhaler. Uh, like with <laughs> with free COVID. With free COVID. Nice, cool. Yeah, I mean that that affords you a couple of days off work. So, you know, Kirk, we're listening. Yeah. We, Kirk. You know where we are. That's it. Um, so it's the same sort of thing. Like you'll see people on Reverb, and they'll sell. I don't know. They'll sell something stupid, like a fucking trust rod cover from 1960, but they'll list it for 75 pounds. Yeah. What are you playing at? Because it's from 1960. It's got the the the, the tone. The tone of 1960. Tone. Yeah. It's got the tone of my scrotum. That's what it's got. What you probably get in there (laughs) is like was made of the same metal for a neck plate from 1960. Was it's gonna be it's gonna be like. Perspex isn't it? like not perspex like a kind of a acrylic kind of material. I don't know. One of them synthetic. We. So, uh, yeah, I think we we've probably probably exhausted exhausted that one. We've argued mainly with each other. I don't know if we've argued both sides. <laughs> But we've... So. It kind of works with many things because you've got like the Tom DeLonge Strat, as we said, we've got the Clon, as we said, um, you know, you can go on about how many Gibsons, how many Fenders, uh, you know, Marshalls, Mesa Boogies, uh, the Revision F was the, you know, the, well, I think they were made in 92, I think, you know, just because it's older doesn't necessarily mean it's any better. No, I I, I peaked at 25, I'll be honest. <laughs> I think I'm not getting any better. Twenty-five. I'll let you know. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, I'm not far off. Yeah, I I am unfortunately. <laughs> getting close. Not so, quite there. I'll let. Uh, what was it? 
I'll 25 next year. Indeed. Right, so, I mean, we... we... Why, have we got, why have we got a child on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> to keep us grounded so that we don't just constantly share to, to clothes. over Zoom. Adam can't come too close to me. Your mock kids <laughs> like this. <sighs> not the guy, yeah, not H from Steps. It's just, let's I'm just put old. that out there. <laughs> um, so we're going to put up a poll in the Fret Talk podcast group. Vote on which you think is correct. I don't even know how I'm going to word this. So there might, one of the options might be Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Like. <laughs> It's basically going to be older equals better and more expensive. And the second is choo-choo, I'm getting on that hype train. It yes. probably will be something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, like both me and Ollie alluded to, um, alluded to playing a clon a little bit earlier. I think that deserves a little bit of, a little bit of space, doesn't it? A little bit of gravitas. So... At the show, a, a stand called Joe's Pedals, purveyor of all things vintage and good. And weird. Yeah, yeah, there was there was just like some... And ear-blowing. Real tasty pics. Yeah, you, you switched on a pedal that was clearly very loud because I heard it. I was standing about, probably about five foot away from you and you it had headphones on. You were about, you were about eight, nine feet away. I turned the pedal and on I, this yeah, pedal I, board. I, like my head instantly turned and went, fuck, that's loud, isn't it? And you said, what? Yeah, my ears rang after a split second of whatever that pedal was. Uh, but yeah, so there was like loads of mixtures of like really cool, like choice old gear. There was like an old tone bender um, on there, weren't there? There was an old colour sound. Um, there were a few like choice pieces, but there was also a little, what can only be described as like an MDF board with two two pedals zip tied to it there was a clon ktr and an actual full-blown five grand worth of clon 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 yeah five grand worth of clon clon uh and basically our joe i think who was the guy for joe's pedals okay. i assumed his name was joe maybe yeah. is um but that guy we we shall know him as joe he he basically set it up as an experiment and just went, people say that this five grand pedal is is better. I don't think that's the case. I'm going to let you choose with your ears which is the better of the two. Play them. Um, and a lot of people were afraid because it's five grand's worth of pedal. We initially passed up the opportunity and said, no, no, no. Um, but then we, we mulled it over and thought, actually... How often do you get the chance to try an actual real clon? Uh, so we did. We tried it. And they're pretty much the fucking same. <laughs> yeah. You have to... The, the KTR's got more gain, but you yes. can set them to sound exactly the same. Yeah. Like, if they're not exactly the same... What's a, what's a KTR go for? About, about 400 it, quid, I think. About 400 quid. Okay. So there's not four and a half grand's worth of difference. Yeah. If there is any difference. But uh, the KTR, I, like, I openly admitted when I went when I went to plug in, I was like, I don't really like the clone sound. It's never yeah. done anything. As you were me. plugging it in, you're saying to the guy who's spent what is like 
pretty much six grand on a, a real clon and a and a KTR. Yeah, you said, you went you to, him. to a guy who spent more money on that pedal than I have on any car I've ever owned. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you went like open face to him. Just went, yeah, I'm, I don't like clons. Anyway, let me try your clon. Yeah, I don't like the clon sound, but it's not every day you get to play one, so I'm gonna give it a go. Yeah, and yeah, all right. It was fine. It, yeah, I so the comparison that I I made slightly before this podcast was that. I played a £25 Mosky Clon for the No Talkal Tone last week, I think. And I preferred that to both the KTR and the the real Clon. <laughs> Mainly because the Mosky sounded a bit more like a blues driver. So it had it had a slightly more kind of tweedy game structure. Better. So, so what I, you're saying is you liked the one that didn't sound like a clon. You like that version of the clon that sounded nothing like a clon. That's yeah. great, that is. Yeah. Cheers. So, okay, But now I've got, I've got the basis of comparison. I can tell you that a mosky clon sounds good, but it doesn't sound like a clon. I can tell you that, though, because I have, I've got that in, in the tone wank bank. That is, <laughs> that's right in there. It's not something everyone will get to do is play a clon. It'd be like plugging into a dumble. Yeah, yeah, and we we said that through a dumb lamp. Oh, it's probably not going to be my vibe because I tend to drop tune and play high gain stuff. But if someone says, "Do you want to plug into a dumble?" You're probably not going to say no. Absolutely, bring that guy's clon over as well. I want to run that into it. (laughs) It's like you know, would you like a go on Scarlett Johansson? Well, I'm not going to be rude and say no. I'm not sure how that how much that works. I'm not well, sure because let's be honest, I'm never gonna get to play a clon. I'm never gonna get to play a dumbbell. I'm certainly never, never gonna never get, get a chance on Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> but if the opportunity came my way, am I gonna say no? Probably not. Exactly. Again, yeah. I'm not sure that's how that works, but <laughs> No, that's absolutely how that works. Two pumps and it's game over. <laughs> Me too. I mean at least it'd be a quick experience for us. But that's not, it's not how that works. It is. It's exactly the same. Dear God, the thoughts and opinions of Josh, Joshy Josh, do not reflect those of the Fret Tool podcast. Just putting that out there straight. Just, just, you know, disclaiming that. Jesus. Jesus fucking Christ. But but there we go. Yeah. So we we got to try a real, real, for, for real life clone. And. Like Honest to pit, okay. I was judging by the way you know when you're playing it or whatever. Yeah. What would you actually realistically set it as, as like budget wise? What would you be prepared to pay for it? And I know this is sound really stupid asking budget pedal chap. Yeah, for, but... forty quid. Yeah, three pound fifty and a quid because it's it's quite a big enclosure. So I, I'm I'm okay with the fact that the enclosure is going to cost a little bit of money. 40 quid. Like, there aren't that many components in it. I'm not paying extra for the goop that's in the back of it. Like, it's a bit awkward because it's a big, big pedal and it's not like the jacks are in weird places and and all this. 40 quid. Final offer. (laughs) I don't think you're going to win. No. um, The KTR would probably want more, although the knobs on the KTR are fucking stupid. They're like in a weird, like... um, diagonal line I, not... I prefer the design I like of the KTR 
I like that personally. I'm yeah, but like... not none of them have any um like any markings on either. Whereas like the standard clan has got like gain, treble and uh, volume. Oh yeah, okay. These don't have any markings. So, so you don't even know what you're changing until you try it. No, it, but even then, like you changing the volume, like the output volume on a clon and changing the gain on a clon, very similar experiences because it's a light, light gain <laughs> drive. Am I right in saying on the KTR as well? Hasn't that got internal dip switches? I know there's one yeah. of them that has yes. internal dip um, switches. It's a, uh, I think it's something to do with the buffer. Oh, okay. okay. So it's like a switchable buffer. Yeah, I think the, there's a switch. I, I may be talking out of my backside. The whole that. point of the clone Sorry, was the got, buffer. And also, you've got a pedal that is four times the size of any other pedals and has three controls on it. You couldn't put that fucking switch on the outside. No, it's on the, it's on the, it's on the side next to one of the, the output jacks. Yeah, the KTR is much smaller as well. Yeah. Like, it, Get in it, the bins. it is appro- <laughs> it's, it's approaching the size of a... <laughs> a normal pedal. It's it's a little bit bigger, but it's approaching the side, so it's almost useful. Almost. Okay. Um, so the the switch. Um, I don't know exactly what the switch does, but the way it's um, the way it's labelled is fantastic. So on one side it says almost always better, and on the other side it says almost always worse. Yes. It doesn't say what it does. I'm pretty sure. I say I'm pretty sure it's the buffer. Then, well, there um, you go. You put it on the almost always better, because almost always is most of the time. That's how I have probability a works. Switch on the back of my neck. Almost always better. I think I'm going to stick with Josh's witch clone. <laughs> yeah, is that the? He's got a picture of My Little Pony on on his. No, no, he's got a picture uh, of a dick uh, on it, doesn't it? Yeah, I drew a picture <laughs> of a dick on it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not sure how I'm going to get when I actually film the video with it. I'm not sure how I'm going to get it around the fucking censorship. So That's all you need to do is like put a little bit of like uh, painters tape over the the end of the like the tip. But it's a wish clone. I can't do that. It'll decrease the value. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Standard. Um, I think. That's probably the place where we end the podcast, isn't it? Where we, we played the most expensive gear we'll ever play in our life. Hang on a minute. You didn't even talk about the best thing that came out of the FX Expo. What, what was that? I wasn't aware that there's a Razor Dead coming with an Octava in it. Oh, oh shit, yes. Was, Go on. We will we will awesome. absolutely talk about that. <laughs> um, we talked to Stuart Tate. Uh, we did an interview with him, which he weren't going to mention the Octave <laughs> um, Raise the Dead. So I... I fully took it upon myself because I knew that it was my duty as a quote unquote <laughs> journalist. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm even laughing at that, but like journalist, yeah, uh, to to report that, and we did. So I tried the Siren Scream again. Siren Scream's awesome. I love it. Siren Scream. Yeah, uh, Rodent 308, which I thought was just in the lockdown series, is now a real thing. He's got like basically a rat that's based on an like an actual vintage rat using vintage rat components. So if you want a, a rat that actually sounds made like a rat, old bits of rat, yeah, yeah made with real, real old bits real mushed up rat just rat. shoved into the <laughs> enclosure. Um, he also does like a vintage correct fuzz face as well, like the Germanian fuzz face, with a pickup simulator. So it's not a little whiny bitch. Like, if you decide to put it anywhere but the front. 
uh, which is cool. But the big thing was the raise the dead. Uh, silicon raise the dead, but with a second foot switch. What does that foot switch do, I hear you say? It initiates chaos. It is. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic is what it is. I'd have... I tell you, if he would, if he had sold me that pink prototype, I would have bought that. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh no, days. Um, so we were going through. I think it was a, a Cab M Plus, which is like a basically like a fancy uh, IR thingy, weren't it? No, his was um, Tate's was a HX Stomp. Oh, was it? Oh yeah, because it was it was the blue one, weren't it? Yeah. Which generally, you like they act a bit like an amp, but. You know, digital, you're not really getting all that kind of, all that feedbacky goodness that you yeah. usually get in front of a, a loud amp. With the Raise the Dead octave on, there was a note on his guitar which just would not shut up. I yeah. just played the note and it was... You two were still talking, I was playing the guitar and you just looked over and was like, that's still going. Still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah still going. Still going. It's like it's been 20 odd seconds, it's still going. Yeah, yeah um, headphones. I am hyped as fuck for that because I, I mean, the the razor's dead. I already describe as a smile machine. Like, uh, yeah, with an an octave, an octave fuzz version of it, it just sounds. Speaking of smile machines, incredible. do people enjoy my Germaniac fuzz? Because that puts smiles on my face. <laughs> Indeed, yes. Again, look, very very crazy sounding fuzz. Very crazy. It's just crazy. So Indeed. I love an octave fuzz. Indeed. I'm, like, four I'm, I'm a little bit glad fuzzes. he wouldn't sell me that pink prototype though, although I do want a pink version of it. Um because otherwise I have more octave fuzz pedals than I own of any other kind of pedal. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And as we know, that should like that mantle should be held by tube screamers. You should have more tube screamers <laughs> than anything else. Uh, yeah. Or mojo mojos. Which, I think my I think I currently have more wah pedals than anything else. Oh, oh, okay, Kurt. <laughs> Why do you need anything? Oh, 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 sorry, we've had this argument before, but just buy a Dunlop and throw the rest of them away. That's it. Uh, I've got the I've got the Tremonti wah and the Petrucci wah. Why am I expecting the Tremonti wah to also have a tremolo built in? <laughs> uh, no, it does name. have a boost built in. This is additional Tremonti involved. <laughs> So it's got Come a boost on, make built it happen. in, so it's exactly the same as the Slash War. Or the um, they do they do one the the spring loaded one. Q. Yeah, that one. It's got the active Q control, yeah. and the boost. It's, the Petrucci one's just got loads of like internal dip switches. It's basically the I think they described it as basically the rack mounted version of the Crybaby. Oh, nice. But then, you know, like, if you wanted to, I don't know, change something on the fly, I've got to take my pedal apart, I've got to find a dip switch. Yeah. Or alternatively, you could have a normal crybaby and go, oh, I want to change that. Oh, wait, I can't. Who wants to change a normal crybaby? Yeah. That's the wah cry sound. That is, is the, the sound of wah. a wah. Why, yeah, why actually, fuck with perfection? Actually, Come on. the original wah was a vox. It yeah, was. The, the Clyde but the McCoy. The sounds just like the fucking Vox, and anyone who says different is lying to themselves. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. all they all fucking sound the same. Come yeah. on, then. If Joe from Joe's Pedals is listening, next next year we need an original Vox wah and a crybaby <laughs> next to each other and see if anyone can hear the difference. <laughs> no, yeah, what we need all, is all a wiring stapled to the, the MDF so that you can't use it with your feet. 
Yeah. <laughs> so you, yeah, yeah. To, you have to hit a chord and like. What do This is a two-player game. An octi fuzz, but in a wire enclosure, so you can control it. Uh, Morley did that. I think uh, Morley did fuzz. I've got a better idea. Have the fuzz, and it's always on. But have a um, a treadle that will make you do a, like a whammy effect. So you can you've got a whammy fuzz. So what? So it'd be the whammy before the fuzz. And after and during. <laughs> well, you could have an because we know Put how much Matt loves internal effect. internal dip switches. You could have an internal dip switch that puts it before or after the fuzz. No, right, you gen- just have it in an effects loop and have it in the fuzz. Gentlemen, I think we've devolved here. There was definitely a, a, a course that I was steering, and then we've, we're suddenly onto fucking wah, wah pedal. Damn it. Whammy. Right. Whammy fuzzes. That's Whammy it. fuzz. Right, so this is the end of the podcast. This is It's happening, guys. Just deal with it. Um we're extending a thank you to our listeners. You are amazing. We're extending an extra special thank you to our Patreon backers who this week might even have an extra special bonus episode. What? We never do that? Well, we thought we'd treat you. If you want to be on that train, $2 a month will get you get you that bonus content. So you go uh, patreon.com slash fret talk and find out the deets. I mean, you can pay more than $2. I'm not saying that's all you have to pay. Come on, give us some money. Give us some money. Um, if you are one of these people, you also get your name shouted out at the end of the podcast. Like this. Mr. Andrew Bimson, Mr. Adam Yeomans, Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects, of Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and the Just Surprised Me podcast. We've got Mr. Hugh G-Rection. That we do. We have got Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. And we have got Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks podcast and the Second Button podcast, which I was listening to today. And it is better than Seinfeld. <laughs> uh, I've not watched any Seinfeld. I, I, I watched too much Seinfeld and now I'm having to wait for them to catch up with me. Anything is better than Seinfeld. <laughs> it's, I mean, the podcast is definitely worth checking out because it's really funny, um, even if you don't like Seinfeld. But there you, you go. Listen- one of the one of the podcasts you named is threatening to have Mr. Hugh Erection on the podcast. <laughs> I, I have I have heard this. I have. So I you mean, might get to find out the identity of you. Indeed, it's it's going to be a bag of dicks, isn't it? <laughs> that episode. <laughs> um, it's going to be a hard episode to film. Indeed. Yes, I, I believe Hugh G. Rection is going to be on the Masters of the Cinematic Universe podcast. Oh, yeah. So, find out. Find out. Yeah, make sure you're part of that. Make sure you subscribe to all of those as well, because it's it is well good. Like, those podcasts are well good. I especially, especially like the Masters of the Cinematic Universe. I, I listen to that religiously. Um, if you want to catch me online, you go Budget Pedal Chap at... Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. YouTube is, of course, the home to the No Talk or Tone series and the No Talk or Tone Versus series, which this week features the Mojo Mojo versus the Mojo Mojo, but in purple. No, it's not the Danish Pete version. No, no, it's not. It's the Paul Gilbert version, which is slightly different. It's got a switch that does something. Um, yeah, Matt, we can find you at heel underscore Matt Q at most places. Yeah, Twitter and Instagram. There we go. Josh, we can find you at... JoshUZK and the Guitar Geeks podcast. Woo, woo, woo. Also, an excellent podcast. Check that out. 
Um, I had a new episode out as well this week. You did, yeah. I've, I've yet to download that one, but I will because I, uh, I'm i running out of podcasts for this week and that will definitely fill my hole. <laughs> Indeed. I can't wait for huge erection to fill my hole, though. <laughs> and Ollie, where can we find you aside from the obvious Ollie Miles music? Uh, yeah, so at the moment, uh, still playing with Neptune Rain. So uh, we are Neptune Rain. I think we're getting some gigs coming out soon, and there's going to be some more music and all the stuff that you expect from a band. Um, cool. Yeah, Neptune. We are Neptune Rain. That's Excellent. Nice one. Good one. So that is that is us for this week. From myself, Mister Budget Pedal Jep. From Ollie Miles of Ollie Miles Music from Mr. Josh, oh my gosh, and Mr. Matt Quine. Say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Woohoo. It will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. It's not a bit. Bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Oh, he's not, he's not bearing to peer pressure. Bye. When a clock is hungry. So did you get that? When a clock is hungry. Yeah. It goes back four seconds. Jesus <laughs> wept. <laughs> oh, that's that's the one. <laughs> <laughs>